Hello everyone and welcome to Inside the Law. My name is Lily and I'm a high school student in Connecticut. This is a podcast where we're going to be learning all things law. I'm involved in my school's mock trial club, which sort of sparked an interest in law for me and I'm a witness there and I've been a lawyer before and um, just this part in my school's club just kind of speaks to greater interest in what goes into a successful trial, what role does a lawyer contribute, and sort of how to be a successful and effective lawyer. So I'm a novice, but I'm here to gain education and take you guys along for the ride. Each month, I'm going to be interviewing a new lawyer in a different field and learn about how they contribute to society, what it takes to be a successful lawyer, and just some tips as a whole on their specific field and on just how to sort of navigate the legal world. So I hope you guys are excited and get ready to be engaged and inspired. For my first interview, I thought that it would be useful and fun to interview my father. So today we're here with my father, Harry Rim. So, hi, Dad. Hi, thank you for having me on your podcast. Sure. So, just to begin, what type of work do you do? I'm a trial lawyer at a law firm, and I do both civil work and criminal work. The civil work is in both state and federal courts and runs the gamut from your garden variety breach of contract dispute, fraud claims, and the defense of some putative class actions. And the criminal work is almost exclusively federal. I deal with the Department of Justice and within the Department of Justice, the criminal antitrust and tax divisions. I deal with the SEC and I also deal with the U.S. attorney's offices around the country. And the criminal work is everything from subpoena work, subpoenas for documents and testimony, investigations, and then from time to time I represent individuals who have been indicted. All right, let's just go back for a moment. So where did you go to law school? Yale Law School. And what was law school like for you? Law school was hard. There was a lot of reading. Uh, It was very challenging. I had some great uh, professors and, and took some very interesting courses that uh, pushed me to think and that pushed me to think about the policy behind the law. And what were some of the biggest challenges you faced while in law school? Staying on top of the work, completing the assignments, um, and then ultimately preparing for the bar exam was probably the biggest challenge I had faced up until that time. And... Did you have any legal jobs while in law school, either during the school year or the summer? I had contemplated having an internship during the school year, but but decided against it, although some of my friends did. Some of my friends worked at at local law firms. Some of them worked at local government offices for a few hours a week. I decided to work during the summer instead, and between my second and third years in law school, I worked at a New York City law firm as a, as a summer associate. Great. And then when did you first become a practicing lawyer? I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1995 in New Jersey and in 1996 in New York. And if you were to say, what do you think drew to law in the first place? Were there any inspirations you can think of or anything that really just ignited your love for law? My father was a lawyer and a judge, and I watched him growing up helping people resolve their disputes, helping people in their time of need, 
helping people when they had lots of problems affecting both their reputations and their um, finances. And uh, I really enjoyed watching and learning. And I also learned from him by going with him to the courthouse. And um, that's what really drew me to become a lawyer on my own. Great. So what jobs have you held since you graduated from law school? After I graduated from law school, I passed the bar exam and started working as an associate at a law firm. And then I decided to work for a federal judge as a law clerk. And I served as a law clerk for about a year and a half, researching and writing for the judge and assisting him with his decision making. After that, I went to the U.S. Attorney's Office and worked as a federal prosecutor, investigating and uh, prosecuting a wide variety of criminal violations of the federal laws. And then I've been in private practice since as a lawyer, first as a counsel, then as a partner at various New York City law firms. Cool. So just to go back to your clerkship for a minute, why did you apply for it? And what do you think, it, like, how, what was your experience like as a, clerk, as a clerkship? I wanted to be a trial lawyer, and I thought working for a federal judge at the trial level would give me insight into the inner workings of chambers, what judges do to get ready for conferences, how they address legal issues, how they um, think things through, how, do they, how they write, how they tackle things. And I thought it would be useful both uh, in terms of learning how to become a better trial lawyer and uh, useful in terms of how to write and think. And um, after applying, I was selected and, and did that for about a year and a half to a year and three quarters. Nice. And then your work as a um, federal prosecutor, what did you enjoy about it? Well, as a federal prosecutor, your charge is to do what's, what's right. And um, I enjoyed trying to uh, search for justice. I enjoyed trying to... Um, prosecute people who had violated federal laws, and I also enjoyed standing up and representing the United States of America. Mm. Um, Can you please talk to us now about where you're working now and what you're doing now as a lawyer? Sure. Now I'm at a law firm in New York City. I'm a partner, I'm a trial lawyer, and I'm in court, uh, federal court, state court regularly. I'm taking depositions, defending depositions, arguing dispositive motions, and from time to time, handling trials before judges and, and juries. And what would you say your centralized area of expertise lays? What do you think it is? I would say that my expertise is with handling trials before judges and juries. Um, and then as a result of that expertise and experience, I can learn various subject matters that may require a trial lawyer to take a matter to trial. Interesting. And then what is the process of determining the type of law that you would want to practice for anyone who who's in law school right now or wants to be a lawyer in the future? What is the process like a hard process? Is it a thorough process? You just outline what it, the process kind of looks like. Well, students are free to take certain electives when they're in law school. And if they have an interest, I would recommend that they pursue the interests while in law school. And then after they get out of law school and start working, whether it's, you know, for the government or whether it's for a law firm uh, or whether it's going into academia and teaching, they have the ability to focus on areas of interest. Um, if it's at a law firm, 
they can work in certain departments if they express their interest. Uh, with respect to government work, they can work in certain departments or divisions where they may have a special interest. Uh, and the same thing with respect to academia. I know new professors are given free reign to teach in areas of interest to them. So why do you choose to practice criminal law? I was always interested in doing public service work and working for the government, which is why I went to, into becoming a, uh, a prosecutor working for the Department of Justice. And then when I returned to private practice, I wanted to continue to do criminal work because I wanted to help people and be able to help people in their time of need. You know, when people are facing criminal charges, they're liberty is at stake and they need good sound advice from lawyers who have experience and I wanted to be able to help people you know when they face those types of adversity um and then could you just describe the three options there are as a defense lawyer and what there are in terms of trial or defending someone sure generally as a defense lawyer I refer to three options for for clients when they're facing charges after being indicted. Number one is they can contest the charges and go to trial before a judge or a jury and force the judge or jury to come back with a decision or a verdict, finding that the client was either guilty or not guilty of the charge or charges against them. Option two is to, to plead guilty. Uh, if a person pleads guilty, he would go, she would go before a judge and admit to what he or she did. Uh, in that situation, there would be no trial, and the person would be giving up his or her rights to confrontation, to present evidence, to use subpoenas, and to have his or her lawyer give opening and closing uh, arguments. The third option uh, is to cooperate. One can cooperate with the government, uh, meaning the person can meet with the government, tell the government uh, about his or her involvement, and also tell the government about other people who may have been involved and other people who may be involved in criminal activity. That typically will also include a guilty plea, um, but when you're involving cooperation in a guilty plea, there's no trial before a judge or a jury. Interesting. Okay. Um, so this is a question that I've kind of always been curious about, and I'm just wondering how you kind of um, how you feel about this. So what is it like to defend someone who either you know or you think is guilty? Everyone has a right to counsel in the U.S., and I believe that everyone has a right to competent and experienced counsel. And that, to me, is more important than whether someone is guilty or not guilty. Number two, in our system, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Okay, interesting. Um, do you have any particular story you want to share? Any funny story or significant story either in your time before you're practicing law or in law school that kind of stuck with you or as a lawyer now that you've learned, like in a learning experience or anything you could share? Several years ago, I was hired to represent a politician in New Jersey who had entered a guilty plea to a one count information charging him with wire fraud and after pleading guilty 
this was during COVID, we had uh, about a year to prepare for his sentencing. And the government, federal government, and the Department of Justice wanted to put him in jail for two years. And we worked very hard and we went around the community to friends and uh, family and former employers and friends from grade school and friends from high school and friends from college and put together a sentencing submission that included over 200 support letters. And as a result of that package and those letters, among other things, we were able to convince the judge to sentence the client to only 30 days in jail. That's very nice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And just to kind of veer into a more specific and more advice-centered questioning, um, do you have any advice for people if they were wondering how to protect themselves if they were stopped um, by the police or if they have a police encounter? Sure. Um, A few things come to mind. First, people have the right to remain silent and not to speak. Um, Two, they need to remember that Anything and everything they say can be used against them. Um, three, people should not interfere with or obstruct the police because they can be arrested if they, if they do. And then four, um, people never have to consent to a search of themselves or their belongings or their car. Um, if people do consent to a search, it may affect their rights later on in court. Um, I recommend that if people... Uh, are told by a police officer that there is a search warrant, they can ask to see it. And if the police officer says that he or she does not have a search warrant, people should um, consider saying they don't want to consent to the search. Um, I think those are four useful tips for people when they um, have a police encounter. Definitely very useful. Um, How about if someone was stopped by the police, if they were in a car um, do you have any advice for if, the, if someone was in that circumstance? Sure. I mean, drivers and passengers have the right to remain silent. Um, you know, if you are pulled over, you should stop your car, turn off the car. You should um, turn the in- internal lights on. I would suggest the driver put his or her hands on the wheel. I would suggest the passenger put his or her hands on the dashboard. Um, you know, if asked, the driver should show his... Uh, driver's license and and registration and proof of insurance to the police officer. And that's it. Great. So do you have any advice for someone if they're taken to a police station or some kind of circumstance like that? Um, Any advice on like staying calm or what they should do to have to be able to get out quick, quicker and any advice on that? Again, people have the right to remain silent and the right to talk to a lawyer before talking to the police. Uh, If you have a lawyer, you should ask to see your lawyer immediately. And you should remember, if you can't afford a lawyer, you have the right to a free one once your case goes to court. Um, Typically, after an arrest or booking, you have the chance to make one phone call, and you may wish to ask the police to contact a family member or friend. Um, People should understand, though, that their phone calls to members of their family or friends may be recorded or listened to, and they should be careful. I would recommend that people refrain from talking about their case uh, on the phone while they're in the police station. And finally, people should not make any decisions in their cases or sign any statements until they've had a chance to meet with and talk to a lawyer. 
Great. It's very, I think it's very helpful. Thank you. Um, for, I should have one last question for you. So as you know, I'm in high school, and I'm just wondering if you have any advice for aspiring lawyers or anyone who's interested in law. Um, just the, what, like what the first step should be. Um, do you think that going to a good, a good law school is important? Any advice on that sort of thing? Pursue your interests in high school. Have fun. Work on your analysis and your writing. And um, take courses that you think will um, challenge you and push you. Thank you very much for your time, Dad. Good luck with the podcast.